Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Bimbala. How you doing? Hi, Tammy. I'm good. Excellent, I'm good. excellent. We're back with another episode of Propcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's a new year. The amazing thing about New Year is, even though it's just literally the day after the other day, <laughs> but just that mindset of it's something new. It's like a reset button's been set. I love it. So I'm excited that we're back. We've set the reset button. We're bringing it back hot, fresh, and on point. As uh, the sports world, uh, the, as they say in the sports world, we're running it back. So. Here we go. Here we go. So what are we talking about today, Bimbala? So today is being that it's the first um, working day. Actually, we're recording on the first working day, which means um, you get this the next week. But anyways, being that it's the, f- it's the first week of January 2021, I think it's good that we start the year by just talking about the predictions for 2021, predictions of the housing market. What do we think is going to happen um, in the housing market this year and how do we plan on you know what are the plans that we have for the year and which direction do we think it's going to go and where what are we going to do specifically I think it's a good place to start 100% it's always you always have good conversations when when you're discussing if you think house prices are going to go up down and you know just Everyone, everyone always has an opinion. So I think it'll be good to get ours out there. And then at the end of the year, we can see how close we were to, to, to the predictions that we gave at the beginning of the year. So, so let's start with um, house prices. What do you think is going to happen with house prices? Right. What do I think is going to happen? Um... And I, I tell you the reason why I ask this question is because a lot of people, when they are looking to invest there's always kind of like a barrier, right? So, oh, I'm going to wait till, and and usually it sounds like this, I'm going to wait till the house prices go down. I'm going to wait till there's a crash. And, you know, everybody's talking about a crash at the moment. So, mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts about house prices and what's going to happen in 2021? So I'm going to start off by saying that I personally don't really care too much whether house prices fall or they don't fall, and you know, and that sounds a bit, um, it doesn't quite sound as intelligent as, but I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I don't really care. Now, I don't really care because my, I think my, um, my, the way that I run and the way that I do my investment is such that irrespective of whether there's a fall, there's a crash, there's a rise, on the day that I'm looking to purchase a property or when I do find a deal, my question at that point is, does this deal work in this current market? Am I, you know, am I making a, am I making a, a profit at the time when I'm buying this property, such that even if it crashes or if it falls, does it work? So that's typically my personal. Um, that's that's how I run my business. Um, I, you know, I don't care too much about whether it's going to fall, it's going to rise. I just want to know that I'm, I'm investing. Then the other reason why I also don't particularly care, and I will answer the question, <laughs> is also because. Um, I am in the 
in the market to invest as many times as I can. So if I only had a big pot of money to buy the one property, then of course it makes sense to chill out and find out, okay, is it going to crash? Is it going to rise? You know, when is the best time to buy? But I'm always in the game, right? So I'm always going to buy. So whether today, tomorrow, next year, when it's crashed, when it's not crashed, so if it's crashed, I'm going to be there. When it's rising, I'm going to be there. I'm just going to make sure that whatever I do buy um, and the strategy that I'm looking to employ works in any market um, condition. So I wanted to put that out there first. So now in answer to the question, do I think house price is going to fall or do I think it's going to go up? Hmm. I um, <laughs> it's, a, it's always a good one to ponder. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think it will. I think it will stay the same. I think the trend that we've been experiencing in the last year would continue. Um. So it's kind of like a steady increase not a not a big massive increase and definitely not a fall or maybe just steady just steady increase so for example if at the beginning of 2020 or let's say 2019 the house that the average price of a three bed in my preferred location was say 300,000 right um in the last year or two that 300,000 has kind of increased steadily um, between 300 and say 325. Um, so depending on the condition of the property, they can depending on the location, depending on you know how much work is done, um, you're probably going to get it anything between 300 to 325, right? So in 2021, which is um, this new year, I still see that same pro that that same property around that same price and even if we were to go up slightly it will probably be anything from 300 to 330. I don't see a massive jump in 2021. I don't see any reason why there will be a massive jump um, of property prices. Um, at the same time I don't see a reason for it to crash either. Yes there are obviously we are in recession as we've been told. Um, nevertheless Things are still happening. Money is still being printed. People are still buying. People still need homes. So I don't also see there being a crash. I don't expect that three hundred to three twenty-five thousand property now becomes three two fifty to three hundred. No. So I think for me, I think it's going to be a steady, um, just steady increase. Cool, cool, excellent. So I guess to answer the question. I think a lot of factors will will come into play in 2021. I agree with you, um, the sentiments that you made before you answer the question. I think the most important thing is in any, as, as I mentioned in the last podcast, in any market, whether it's a bull market or a bear market, what you really are looking to do is buy well, buy below, uh, buy discounted, so that from the get-go, you are already winning. So mm -hmm. if if it's if house prices are surging, you want to be able to find a property that's very well discounted, and by doing so, you're already building equity from from day one. So so I agree with you. I think regardless of 
whether we are in whether house prices go do go up or go down you always want to buy well typically people in these in these you know if if house prices are soaring people are buying at the top of the top end and usually that's where there's a problem so buying well is, is very crucial in terms of what's going to happen this year i think there are a lot of factors that will determine what's going to happen so first of all we know that last year the government introduced the stamp duty holiday and this really pushed a surge in the market uh, last year and we know that the stamp duty holiday is going to come to an end what well, if they end it they may extend it we don't know yet but as as of today we know that it's ending in march so when the stamp duty holiday ends we may see a cool down in the demand for properties because at the moment it's a seller's market i remember working with an investor towards the end of last year and we were looking for just normal three bedroom properties for investment purposes mm. and we put in an offer we were the 15th offer that's how much the demand yep. was for for yep. that for that property mm-hmm. so the demand at the moment is sky high and part of the reason for that is because people are not you know there's the stamp duty holiday and that saves you 3% 3% is a lot of money um, in any in any in any um in any investment so it's created this this demand that there is so when the stamp duty holiday ends i think we may see that demand cools down and as a result we may see that those house prices where the the competition was super sky high it may cool off and then we get back into a, a normal rhythm the other thing i think may so does affect- that mean it's going to rise or it's going to drop I think it's going to cool down. So you gave an example where you said you were seeing maybe asking price of of three hundred or you know between three hundred to three twenty, mm. and that you that might go up to three thirty. I think you're going to see that come back to say that three hundred mark because you don't have those people who were really interested in in buying anymore. You know because they wanted to save the three percent so mm. that's kind of how i think it it's going to happen i mean there are people who i think the first three months between now and march right you're going to see even a heavier demand because people are rushing to beat the stamp duty holiday end so that the the you know that's again going to cause maybe a spike in prices a spike in demand right and then once march comes and if they do end the stamp duty holiday we may see the demand cool down but that's just that's just my thoughts the other thing i think may affect house prices is when this furlough and the government printing money um ends you know the government printed a lot a lot of money last year a lot, a lot of, of money <laughs> they printed it, it's a scary amount of money that they printed i was talking to my uncle and auntie yesterday you know we were saying how it, we may not be affected but it's going to be generations after generations after generations that are going to be paying back this money that the government have printed so they they have printed an obscene amount of money and um so that is going to come to an end at some point it may be extended as we are today i believe it's ending in april 
Um, so, you know, the furlough scheme and things like that. Now, depending on how the virus and everything goes and the vaccine and, you know, all of those bits and pieces, we may see that extended or not extended. So I think when when we get clear sight of what's happening, so let's say they bring it to an end in April, we may mm. then also start to see, you know, if people are going to lose jobs and and as predicted, then we're get, we may start to see the the recession looming and of course in any recession we know that typically house prices go down so i'm not saying that there will be a recession but i'm just saying that it could well, aren't we in a recession we are in a recession though we've been in a recession for a few months now even though we don't feel like we're in a recession or statistically and based on the gdp and and all the numbers yeah. that they do we yeah. are in a recession but I think but what because, you're saying is the kind of yeah. recession that we actually feel. <laughs> yeah, because but <laughs> we're in a recession. But because the government have printed so printed much money, money, it doesn't <laughs> feel like we're in a recession. So when they stop printing that money, mm. so it's almost like when mom and dad take away their bank, right? And it's like, oh, oh you're in your own. <laughs> you are on your own now. So that's grow up, grow up. Exactly, people. exactly. So I think that's how it's going to feel. Like, oh, this is the real situation. This is the real state of the economy. You know, they they've inflated the economy. Mm. I'm not an economist, so I'm not even going to try and and dive into into mm-hmm. the ins and outs of macroeconomics and things like that. But I think they've artificially pumped or artificially massaged the economy because they've printed so much so when they stop printing we are really going to see the state of what's happening and and then we'll know where we are so so yeah let's talk about that for a minute so this whole furlough and people let's say they take the you know furlough comes to an end and then people really do lose let's say it's it gets really bad and people actually really lose their jobs now what tends to happen in this part of the world is people lose their jobs and if they are entitled to welfare to help from the government that's the next route right and that's already started there's a, there are there've been a lot of people who have lost their jobs don't have the opportunity to be furloughed and have had to come and get help from the government right so let's just think about it for a minute so if that were to happen how does that really affect the housing market? Because number one, the people that normally would be in a position to buy wouldn't be in a position to buy anymore because you don't have a, a proper source of income, number one. Number two, does that then mean that people that are already in um people that are already owners or in um or rent okay, so let's let's start with people that are renting. So say you've been renting. You've been, you had a good job. You've been renting your property. Now you've been furloughed, or you no, no. Now you no longer have a job, and you're reliant on the state. The state are still going to help you, somewhat to help you pay your rent. So that doesn't necessarily change the 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 rental demand or the rental market. Now, if you are someone that on a normal day you would have invested, or you 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 know you would have invested or bought your own place and so on and so forth, thereby creating more um, demand for properties now you're not in a position to do that meaning that perhaps it's only those that do have the money such as investors that would be able to continue buying again how does that actually does that really affect the housing market i'm just trying to think of it practically how how does how does the rise in unemployment does it actually is it a negative if does it have a negative effect on investors buying more properties or Um, is it just so, the case where the government just kind of builds them out 
all over again. And then, and then there is probably less competition to buy, but people will still, the investors will still be buying. So less competition, perhaps maybe the price might go down slightly, but investors, the real true investors will still continue to pick up deals. And these same people pick up deals uh, and then turn those properties into rental properties, which is then privately rented out by people that have lost their jobs, although getting help from the government. I'm just trying to think, you know, is that really a yeah a very so, negative effect? I guess the way I would think about it is that investors would probably only make up a tiny fraction of the nation, right? So yeah. those who would have the cash and the reserves and the the finances to be able to purchase properties will not be as much as the rest of the nation. So yeah. let's think about it. If if people then start to lose jobs, okay, they claim welfare, but if they claim welfare, welfare may not be able to cover every single thing. For example, if you're, I know people are moving out of London now because I guess the whole dynamics is changing, but if you've got a, a property in London and and you know, you're paying over a thousand pounds for a room or something like that. In in certain boroughs, the the room rate and the room the the room rate that the council will cover you for in housing allowance is not really all that much. So, for example, in Walthamstow, yeah. the mm-hmm. room rate, if I remember correctly, is about the room rate is about um, hundred and what is it? It's, it's is usually it? hundred and something pounds per week, which means in a month, yeah. You're going to be about 500 or thereabout. Yeah, no, it's less than 500. It's about 400 and something uh, for the room rate, right? So, and if you think about it, you know, if you if you maybe have a house or you have, the, the council don't cover it, they may not be able to cover everything. So they'll cover some, but they may not be able to cover everything. Then you're stuck, you're, you're then stuck. So what do you do? You don't have, you don't have a means of income. Do you then have to move out? which means then the landlord will have to find. Um, but it, I, I guess anyway, in recessions, rents tend to do well because, yeah. you know, like you said, people will always need somewhere to live. The government yeah. will help and so on and so forth. Um, but then, it, so if there's if there's unemployment, people can't, people can't go ahead and look to buy houses like you said. So then the demand falls and supply rises. So then this is where investors come in because, when 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 supply outstrips demand you can get the pick of the crop can't you so yeah, yeah. And, and when supply outstrips demand you can kind you can you can negotiate well because right now we're in a seller's market sellers are laughing because mm-hmm. they put their house on the market there's 15 people i can hold out i can as well hold out and get the best value for my for my property yeah. but yeah. in a in a in a down market where you put your you put your property on the market and maybe you get remember investors make up a fraction of of yeah. those who are looking to buy you get one or two interested investors you may and you may be in a desperate position to sell if you've lost your job you can't keep keep up mortgage payments um or maybe you split up from your 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 husband or wife and you really want to get rid of the property and so on and so you know there's so mm-hmm. many different factors right maybe yeah. you you the the house has been passed down you've got a big inheritance tax bill to pay because it wasn't structured properly so many different factors and yeah. but you're in a market where supply 
way outweighs demand then you're you may you may not be able to get the best value for your money so th- yeah. these are i guess the kind of forces that would determine whether um you know yeah. prices will yeah. go up or down but that's just like but, I said, but you know my point though is yeah. the point that i was trying to even pull out from this i wanted us to talk about it but the point that i was trying to pull out is if i'm a, as an investor so all of these things has a bearing on everyone right like literally okay. everyone but there would always be that group of people that would be the beneficiaries of this oh, yeah. and it looks and sounds as though an investor 100%. when is going to be benefiting from this 100 you know? because you've yeah. got to pick so up the crop yeah, it depends on what side of the fence you're, you're <laughs> yeah. in, right? If you've got the reserves, you've got the cash reserves, or you've got investors lined up and uh, you've got a good line of credit, you've got the pick of the crop. And this is why sometimes when you when you study when you study uh, those with, with portfolio properties, what tends to happen is they try and dump all their properties and build up right at the top of the... When you look at the property cycle, it goes up, it goes down. A lot of property investors, what they tend to do is at the top of the cycle, they'll get rid of their properties to build up cash reserves so that when it goes back down, they can then pick up lots of good deals. So yeah, you're right, Bim. It's it's the investors who are typically who 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 you know um if it's the investors who are typically going to benefit because they got the pick of the crop. So yeah, you need to be on the right side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but I think you know, I think as 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 we've said, as you said uh, right at the beginning it's it's really all about does it work do do the numbers work regardless of whether it's where we're in a we're in a um we're in a seller's market or buyer's market do the numbers work and are you getting a good is your money working well for you and if the numbers stack up then execute the deal oh yeah oh yeah but you know there's something else i also observed um just typically at the the start of every new year um, and this would, I suppose, even though we're talking about 2021 as a whole, but I kind of would like, or not, not that I would like, but I, I'm expecting to see this trend continue in the first quarter of 2021. And that is, so typically, um, during the end of, at the end of each year, I think just by virtue of people thinking about their life, thinking about their year, thinking about their relationships, thinking about how to improve on their life situation and so on and so forth you tend to get a lot of relationship breakdowns at the end of the year into the new year and one thing that i have noticed and being someone that has a number of hmos is i see a rise of um, request for room rent Um, and it's typically i kid you not it's 100 percent male married male married men who are currently looking to get a divorce or going their separate ways uh, parting ways with their partners and they're looking for a room to rent whilst they sort their lives out and sort out their divorce and split their assets and so on and so forth and i see that all the time year in year out year in year out so i'm beginning to think as well i think if we bring that into what we were talking about initially about people, perhaps if people, if the furlough scheme comes to an end and there's a big surge in unemployment rate and people aren't able to afford um, what they're used to, 
there might be a rise in certain property strategies, one of which would be the HMO, housing multiple occupation, where people are now looking to rent smaller accommodation for themselves just to kind of get by and rather than be, um, be um, burdened by huge mortgages or huge rents that they've been used to because now the situation is different. So that's something to definitely watch out for. Um, it's yeah. unfortunate, but it's the reality of life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the number one cause of of relationship breakdown is is finances, right? Mm. So, and that that bodes well in terms of what you're saying. So, if if unemployment rises and there's a financial pressure on the family, it could cause it could cause um, breakups. Uh, it's not it's not nice. It's not pleasant. But these these things do happen, so yeah, it will be certainly something to watch out for. But I guess all in all, <laughs> um, house prices go up, house prices go down. Buy well, buy That's well, love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> buy well. So, what is buying well? Can you just give our our listeners um, a bit of a explanation when you say buy well? What does buy well mean? So, buy well is if so you you need to know you need to know the area in which you are investing in so there's something we call as investors we call it a gold mine research and what a gold mine research simply is is you you have an area where you are looking to invest your money in property so you really need to do the research and understand the area well what do you, what's the average house price for a one bed a two bed a three bed you know and so on and so forth so let's say the average house price, for example, in this particular area you're looking at is £250,000, for example. And so you've done all your research. You know that there's schools nearby, there's universities. It's a great it's a great town. You've got enough people in the town. You've got enough industries in the town. So you've done all your research and you see that, oh, maybe through however you've marketed or you've done your lead generation you get a you get a lead in which which is showing that this three bed property typically valued at 250 is going for say 200 um that's that's a potential deal right because that's already in in normal circumstances that's that's already 50,000 pounds off of the property um so you can look at that and then you can work out your numbers. And if you know that, you know what, if I was to add value to this property, this property could potentially be worth 300, 320 based on the research you've done, based on the comparables you've done. And you see that, oh, okay, this is this is a good deal. This is, you know, in the normal market, this is 250. I'm getting it for 200. That's the first win. If I then spend X amount of money and add value to the property, it will now be worth 300, 320, thereby built, you know, you've, you've, you've locked in equity from the start and then you've added equity by adding value. So you're getting a win-win on both sides. And then at the end of it, when you come to do all your finances and you, you know, you look to pull the money out, you'll see that you're only leaving a bit of your money in the deal. So buying well uh, and buying well is really, it's also, it's, 
it's down to the individual because buying well for me might not be buying well for you, right? You might be looking for only a 10% discount and for you that's buying well because you know what? There's more 10% discounted houses than there are 25% discounted houses. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's also an individual thing. Don't be fooled by, oh, you've got to go 25%, 25%. You might find one 25% house in a year, right? Uh, below market, you know, I, I mean, 25% discounted house in a year. Whereas you might find 10, 10% discounted houses over mm. a period of a year. So if you're able to execute the 10%, you know, you, you, you'd you be further on than someone who's waiting for the holy grail of 25% discounted um, yeah. uh, value houses. So it's also a personal thing, but buying well is essentially uh, at, at the heart of it is buying below what the average value of a house is in the area in which you're buying. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I would just wanted to add as well. So again, buying well pretty much also means when you look at your return on investment, it makes sense. So, I mean, we have statistics to show what the average return is depending on where you are in the country. So I think typically if you are in London and the South, um, your typical rental yield is anything from 6 to 8%. Um, if you're in the Northern part of the country, you get more of that, so going up to like twelve to thirteen. Sometimes, even if you if you've got a good location, good strategy, you could even get up to fourteen percent. Um, and you know, if you look at those numbers and you do your you know you do your due diligence, you do your numbers, and you find that you are able to get more um, than what is the average, irrespective of whether you're able to get it at a discount, a big discount, or a small discount. But if your return is such that you are above the average you've been able to buy well because um, what you're able to achieve on day one is that. And then if you then look to add value, you know that when you then add value and over, over a period of time, it's going to go up. So that again is buying well. You just need to make sure that your numbers work. I think that's the most important thing. Whatever you do, the numbers, are the, the numbers is really what drives that um, conclusion of have I bought well? the numbers it's all about the numbers 100 100 cool so i guess there you have it those are our thoughts about what's going on in any year and you know like we said regardless of whether we do head into a further recession or we see a boom just work out your numbers know what you want and once once it aligns then go for it okay so I guess that's uh, another episode wrapped up, Bimbola. That is it. Looking forward to many more in 2021, guys. Keep this coming, guys. If you've been um, encouraged, motivated, uh, pushed um, by any of our podcast topics, do reach out to us. We definitely like to hear what your thoughts are. Reach out to us. We're on Instagram. We are um, well, whatever podcast platform you're using to to listen, you can you can comment there. You can reach out to us on Instagram propcast. I think it's prop underscore cast. Um, so yeah, we're there. Do reach out to us. Let's and if you have specific questions that you want answered or even a need to be trained or mentored, definitely reach out to us. Yep, and uh, don't want to drop it too early, but we may soon be on Clubhouse as well. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
having them conversations yes exactly so um, but we'll of course let you all know once we have uh, once once we are on clubhouse and we'll we'll probably uh, start we'll start i think the the word is moderate so in clubhouse uh, you're a moderator so it's 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 a thing now to be a moderator so um, i'm looking forward to becoming a moderator in clubhouse so but no thank you guys as always please spread a word if you if you've enjoyed it do share it with another person and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you so till next week then see you then bye, bye. bye.